What did you think of that song? Was it convicting? Was it like a sword going through you? I asked, I asked Keisha if we could sing that song because that was one of the main songs that the Lord used in my life many years ago to call me to serve him. And I listened to that song over and over again, and even this week I was listening to it, and every time I listen to it, I get tears in my eyes because I remember the mandate of Jesus. I remember the calling of God, not just for me, but for all of us. There is a, a great mission that is ahead of us. There's a great purpose that God has for our lives. And so many times we are asleep in the light. So many times we get very comfortable in the Western church, in the Western world. We get very comfortable with our own lives and the way that things are going. And we lose sight of what God is calling us to do. Those, ver those words that say, you close your eyes and pretend, the job's done. Don't close your eyes. Don't pretend the job's done. There's so much more that God is calling us to do. Are we asleep in the light? Are we as the Western Church, the Canadian Church, as Unionville Alliance Church, are we asleep in the light? Ask yourself that question as I ask myself that question. For you and for your family, are we asleep in the light? The, the writer of that song, his name was Keith Green. If you want to look it up, Keith Green was a, an, a, a songwriter and singer like no other. And his lyrics, as you could see, are real, authentic, and he just says it as it is, right? I think it's better to hear it in song than for Daniel to preach it, I think. But he was, he was very authentic in his, in his songs, and you can go back and listen to, to some of that as well. Friends, there is a, a task that is unfinished. There is a task that is before us. And so today, we have, we're, we're, uh, we're going to look at a missional vision, the task that God has for all of us. And uh, I want to ask you a question, but before that, I want to just uh, bring your attention to our texting number, 647-931-0015. Uh, if you want to just be in the loop of what's going on here at Unionville Alliance, just text the word hello to that number or scan that QR code. But I have a question that I'd love to hear answers from. It doesn't have to be right now. It can be later on today. It could be later on this week. It could be after you hear this message. If you're watching online, whenever you're watching this, it could be just text your answer to this question, to that number. How will you live missionally in response to God's call? I don't want you just to come here today and listen to this message and say, oh, that was, that was a nice message. Oh, I see what God is saying. But we need to leave here with a tangible action plan. We need to leave here with a purpose and an intent to say, this is what I'm going to do in response to God's call on my life. This is what I'm going to do in response to what God is saying. I don't want to continue to stay asleep in the light, but I want to respond to what Jesus is telling me to do. How will you live missionally in response to God's call? There's something here uh, within the Christian and Missionary Alliance called the Jaffrey Offering. And it's an offering that's taken up. We'll talk a little bit more about that in the fall. Um, but it's an offering that's taken up to help uh, reach unreached people groups. And it was named after a missionary named Robert Jaffrey. And he was a Canadian missionary that was sent out from, um, from Canada. He was heir to the, 
Toronto Globe fortune, which the Toronto Globe was the predecessor to the Globe and Mail. And his father was the owner of the Toronto Globe and had a lot of money. He was a wealthy businessman. And when Robert Jaffrey became a Christian at the age of 16, he felt the call of God to foreign missions. And his father discouraged him to go. He also had heart problems and diabetes, but he wanted to respond to the call of God. He said this, the supreme and crying need of this lost world is the gospel. Shall we not rise at Christ's command to carry the blessed saving news to every perishing one? And so he decided uh, to go to A.B. Simpson, the founder of the Christian Missionary Alliance. He decided to go to A.B. Simpson's mission school that was in New York. And his father was totally against it. So his father said, I'm not giving you a penny towards that. And so he put himself through school. And after that, he went to China and served the Lord in the Southeast Asia region for almost 50 years. He faced great persecution, but also thousands of people came to Christ, and he started many, many churches. He started Bible schools. He also started printing presses that would print biblical materials. Many other Alliance missionaries joined him as well in that labor, uh, and the work started to expand to even into other countries. Even during the Great Depression, it started to expand into other countries. In 1938, he visited Canada, and some of his friends asked him to stay in Canada because of the rumors of the war that was impending. And he said, no, I'm not going to stay. I have more work to be done there uh, in, in the Southeast uh, Asia region. And he said, if I'm going to die, I'd rather die on that field to which I've given my life and poured my heart out for. And World War II came, and he was captured, and he ended up dying in an internment camp. A.W. Tozer wrote a book about him called Let, Let, Let My People Go. And it talks about his life, a great book to read if you'd like to, uh, uh, to read books. Um, it's, it's an example about how one person can touch the lives of so many people. Even as our vision statement that's here in the middle says, touching our world through Jesus one life at a time, one life, your life, can have a missional impact that touches thousands and thousands of lives. Friends, let's not be asleep in the light, but let us answer the call of God. Let us answer what God wants us to do. In Romans chapter 10 and verse 14, it says, but how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? Bernice read this, these verses for us. And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? This is what God is calling us to do, to tell. Because how will they believe unless someone tells them? How will they hear unless someone tells them? I want to encourage you in these weeks during our vision series, we have two posters at the back. On this poster, it says, what is, what is your vision for your family? We would love to be able to hear and see what is your vision for your family? What would you love to see your family do? When Laura and I were, were, were dating and as we were uh, praying and asking the Lord about what our family might look like, we actually put together five values in our life that, that we felt were really important to us. Things that would guide our life. Things that would, when we came to times of decision and times of uncertainty, that we would look back at those things, and, and those would be the values by which we can make some of those decisions. 
And so the day that I, I proposed to Laura, I, I put it on a sheet of paper and I made it look fancy and nice. And as we walked around the pond and we came to a certain place and I opened that piece of paper up and I read through that about a vision for our lives, a vision for our family and how we would live our lives. She knew from that that the proposal was coming right after that. <laughs> but families, can I ask you, what is your, the vision that you have for your family? How do you want your family to be guided? What do you want to accomplish as a family? And then on this poster, what is your vision for UAC? As, as UAC being your church, what would you like to see us accomplish in the next 10 years? What would you like to see us do in this community that will make a missional impact in this community and beyond? In Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse um, 2 and 3, it says this, And the Lord answered me, Write the vision. That's what you're going to do here. Write the vision. Make it plain on tablets so he may run who reads it. For still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. Write the vision. You might not see it now, but as you write it out, even in your own families at home, write it out. Talk about it in your own times as couples, as families. Talk about it with your children about what, you, what is the vision for your family. And then help us out and write it on the poster as well. Write the vision, make it plain. Let there be a goal, let there be a way that you're going, you're going towards. And in the middle poster it says, what is a disciple? In the Great Commission found in Matthew chapter 28, it says, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. And, sh and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So he says here to go and make disciples. So if we are to go and make disciples, we need to find out what are disciples. After our vision series in the month of October, we're going to be looking at what is a disciple and discipleship. And you can see our discipleship pathway on the, uh, on the poster there in the middle. And I'd love to hear from you. I'll, I'll look at that and, and read some of those, uh, read all of those as, and put it as part of our discipleship series. What is a disciple? It's a good question to be able to ask. We're part of the Christian and Missionary Alliance here in Canada. It's a worldwide denomination. But here in Canada, our vision prayer is this. Oh God, with all our hearts, we long for you. Come, transform us to be Christ-centered, spirit-empowered, mission-focused people, multiplying disciples everywhere. This is the vision of the Alliance in Canada. Just as like we're asking you, what is the vision for your family? What is your vision for UAC? Well, this is the vision for our denomination here in Canada. That, oh God, with all of our hearts, we long for you. That's the first thing. We long for you, Jesus. We can't do anything without you. But Jesus, come and transform our lives, transform our families, transform our churches, transform our denomination, that we would be Christ-centered, spirit-empowered, mission-focused people. To what end? To what end do we need to be christ -centered? centered, uh, spirit-empowered, mission-focused, to this end that we would multiply disciples everywhere. That means here in Canada and all over the world. We're part of just, we, we, Canada is just one segment in this larger denomination. 
Last year in Mission Sunday, I showed you a video about uh, all of our the, the, the missional activities amongst the Alliance worldwide. And I'm going to show that video again for those that weren't here last year. But just to see that we are just a part of a larger denomination, a larger organization that seeks to live missional lives. So check this out. I see that video, I'm always, I'm always still stunned and shocked about um, the Netherlands team because it's a small little country reaching so many other countries. And so you saw that it said each team and basically what it is, for example, for Canada, this is the Canadian team and the international workers that we have that are serving in so many different places around the world. And so we're part of this larger organization to fulfill this, what it says in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, it says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere. Where? In Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. This is our calling. This is not just for the early church. This is not just for those people. It is our calling, each and every one of us that professes faith in Jesus Christ, that calls, your, if we call ourselves a follower of Jesus, we are called to tell. We are called to share the good news. And the Alliance in Canada is particularly focused on unreached people groups. And the definition of an unreached people group is this. An unreached or least reached people is a, group, is a people group among which there are no indigenous community of believing Christians with adequate numbers and resources to evangelize this people group without outside assistance. 
And so the Alliance in Canada and we as Unionville Alliance Church as well as part of this denomination, we are focused on unreached people groups around the world. We are focused on sharing the gospel where Christ is not yet known. And this is part of what all of us are called to do. As Paul said in Romans chapter 15, my ambition has always been to preach the good news where the name of Christ has never been heard. And so the Jaffrey Project, which I just shared about, its namesake, Robert Jaffrey, seeks to fund, support, and give towards supporting partner organizations in the global south. Right now, the alliance is concentrating its efforts on the global south because it's such a huge population. It's such an, an enormous number of people that don't know Jesus and to empower indigenous movements, indigenous churches, to be able to reach their own communities with the gospel of Jesus Christ. I want to share with you a story of Surendra. Um, And this was shared with us from our president, Darren Herbal, the president of the Alliance in Canada. And he shared this video some time ago, uh, a a few months ago, about this man and how he was impacted and now impacting other lives. So watch this video. Hallelujah, Namaskar. मेरा नाम सुरेंद्र कुमार है मैं एक मोची हूं मेरा एक गुंगटी है जिसी में रख कर करके और जूता चप्पल मैं बेचता हूं एक दिन हमारे घर पर एक पास्टर आए ये थे हमारी पत्नी ने अनुसरण की और हमने उनको डांटा भी पास्टर साहब को तो हमने उनको बहुत तरह से उल्टा सीधा भी बोला तो पास्टर साहब उस दिन चले गए प्रभु जी मतलब क्या है ना जब से पी करके आते थे गाली देते थे मारते थे घर पूरा नरक बन गए थे शांति बिल्कुल नहीं हमारी पत्नी ने विश्वास में खड़ा रहा और प्रार्थना करते रहा आखिर में हमारी जो है प्रभु की ओर ज्यादा आकर्षित हुए हम प्रभु में नील हो गए और अंत में परमेश्वर ने हमें भी पुत्र समझकर क्या किए कि हमें चंगा किया और दुष्ट आत्मा से आजाद कर दिए प्रशिक्षण के बाद हमने अपने गांव में आया और जिन भाई बहन के साथ हम वार्तालाप रहते थे पहले उनके साथ प्रभु का सुसमाचार को बांटना शुरू किया जैसे में हमारे बीच में गांव के आसपास में जो है रविदास हैं ठाकुर हैं मिस्त्री हैं जिसे बढ़ाई बोलते हैं और भूमियार हैं महत्व हैं कई लोगों ने इसु को ग्रहण किया है हमारे जो है गुंगटी जो दृष्टा का दुकान है दुकान से भी बैठकर और प्रभु का सुसमाचार बांटने का काम करते हैं इनको इतना मन लग गया निंदा हो गई हम इससे ज्यादा मतलब कि प्रभु के सुसमाचार सबसे सुनाते हैं जहां जाते हैं लोग आगे टाइम में भी हमें बुलाते हैं और कहते हैं कि बीमारी से ग्रस्त है या दुष्ट आत्मा से ग्रस्त है इस तरह से तो हमें बुलाकर प्रार्थना करने का करने के लिए बुला दो सुरेंद्र जी ने हमें सुसमाचार सुनाया हम किसी जो ले आ गए हमें चंगा हो रहा है बहुत उलझन में मेरे परिवार बहुत उलझन में रहते थे वे प्रार्थना जाने के बाद बहुत सारा सुधार हुआ सुरेंद्र के पास अथी में चर्च में जाते हैं अब मैं 26 विश्वासियों के साथ एक कलशिया चला रहे हैं हमारे लिए प्रार्थना करने के लिए धन्यवाद परमेश्वर हमें उपयोग करते हुए और लोगों को भी जो बर्बाद हो रहे हैं उन्हें भी बचा सकें धन्यवाद
surrender is just one example of many that are there in the Global South. The Alliance in Canada is partnering with organizations in the Global South to train them to go out and plant churches. Um, and so we're giving towards that, praying towards that, supporting that because we're trying to reach unreached people groups in that area. The organizations that we have partnered with uh, in order to reach the Global South, they have planted already 40,000 churches. Their goal, that's worth clapping for 40,000. Their goal is to plant 100,000 churches by 2030. And that's to reach these unreached places. That's to go into these communities where Jesus is not known, where the gospel is unheard. That is to go into these places and share the good news of Jesus Christ. There's about 94% that are unreached in the global south. As you see this map here, this map is a little bit different than a regular geographical map because it wanted, uh, this map is not reflecting land mass but people people in these populations, and if you see the dark green areas, the dark green areas represent these unreached people groups. Less than 0.5% of people in these areas know about Jesus. That is about 1.7 billion unreached people in the global south. If, if the average church was about 35 people, then we would need to plant 48.5 million churches to reach that area. But through our partnership so far, we've actually helped to train 217 church planters. That's the Alliance in Canada's partnership. There's other partner organizations, and that's why they've been able to plant 40,000 churches so far. But the Alliance in Canada has partnered with uh, the Global South, and we've been able to train 217 church planters. And on average, each of these church planters will plant one church a year. That means in five churches, over a thousand churches would be planted. Here's another story of a young woman named Priya and what she's doing to reach the unreached within her own community. The young and passionate woman, trained and equipped in an empath transformation center, heeding to the call of the lost and needy, she dedicated herself quite early in life for ministry. Today, she's vibrantly taking the gospel to the unreached in her region. Being a woman, Priya visits women, mingles with them and prays for them. This way, she is able to relate to the women in this region much better. Many families are being blessed through her ministry. 
let us continue to stand with her and uphold her in our prayers as she serves the Lord faithfully. This is what's happening in the global south. 218 people that she was able to share the gospel with that came to know Jesus Christ. And this is what God is doing, and this is what we are partnering with. If, if we're talking today about a missional vision, then our vision needs to be a global vision. We need to be able to see what God is doing around the world. We need to partner with what God is doing around the world. I want to encourage you. I, I shared uh, probably a couple of years ago a story of a man named Bishara that came from what's called the Maverick Podcast. Season two of the Maverick podcast came out some time ago, and it's an amazing story of what God is doing around the world. I encourage you to listen to season two, and it goes from region to region and talks about the move of the Spirit of God around the world and these amazing and wonderful things that are happening. Friends, God is asking us to partner with him to reach the global south, to reach the nations, to be able to have a global vision for what God is doing around the whole world and for us to be able to partner with that. And those, that's all nice and good. And you might say, Daniel, that's great what God is doing around the world. But guess what? The nations have also come to us. We live in the most multicultural city. The, the greater Toronto area is the most multicultural city, multicultural uh, area in the whole world. More than 1.5 million unreached people are in the GTA alone. These are people that we might interact with in our workplaces, in our jobs, as we go to the park with our neighbors. Some of these people are coming from places that are unreached, and they might not even know who Jesus is, or may, may have never even encountered a Christian before. You could be that person. You could be that person that can have that conversation with somebody who has never heard the message and story of Jesus Christ, to be part of this missional vision, this global vision, that maybe it's your neighbor, maybe it's your work colleague, maybe it's somebody that you have come to know at the gym or wherever it might be, and you share the message of Jesus with that person, and they come to know Jesus. And then after that, they call back home and tell their family and friends in an unreached place, in a place that maybe Christianity is being persecuted, and call back and tell their friends, look at what has happened to me. Let me tell you the story of Jesus, and we will touch our world through Jesus one life at a time, and the ripple effect will go globally. That's the way that the gospel works is that it comes to each individual person and makes a difference in our hearts. There's 21 significant unreached people group uh, communities here in the GTA. 10% of the top 100 most unreached people groups in North America are located right here in the GTA. More than 20% of people within the GTA are unreached people. They come from all of these other countries and all of these other places, and they come and they're right in our backyard and many times we are just what? Asleep in the light. We know the truth of the word of God. We know the blessing of Jesus. We know what he has done to change and transform our lives. We know the, the, the difference that Christ can make in our life so that there's less people in hell and more people in heaven. But we fail to share that with those that are around us. And we don't know that there are people right beside us that might have never heard the message and story of Jesus. They might have never even encountered a Christian before. 51% of the GTA population consists of ethnic minority people groups. 
Jesus said in Luke chapter 19, for the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. We read in our, in our scripture reading today from Romans chapter 10, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How many here you have experienced that blessing of calling on Jesus and being saved? Anyone here? How many here you can experience this on a, day, on a daily basis? I can. There are times in my life where I'm going through a hard time or a difficult, difficult time, and I just pray the simple prayer, Jesus, save me. Jesus, save me. We have the blessing to be able to do that. We can enjoy this beautiful experience every day and every moment. But, how, but what about the people that are around us? What about the people that are in our workplace, the people that are our neighbors, the people at the grocery store, the people uh, that go to the gym with us, the people that share similar experiences with us? In Romans chapter 10 and verse 14, but how shall they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? How can they hear unless you tell them? How can they hear unless I tell them? Friends, there is a missional mandate through the Great Commission that God calls each and every one of us to do. And sadly, many times we're asleep in the, life, in the light. These three words, believe, hear, and tell, Belief brings us into God's family. We have the blessing, if we are a follower of Jesus, we have the blessing of being part of God's family. Because in John it says, but to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become what? Children of God. Would you not like that same blessing for your friend? Would you not like that same blessing for your neighbor? Would you not like that same blessing for your coworker? Belief in Jesus brings us into the family of God. Hearing brings faith. In Romans 10, so faith comes from hearing. That is hearing the good news about Christ. F hearing births faith in our lives. And we get the opportunity and privilege to proclaim the word of God. The Lord told Moses, he said, now go, I will be with you as you speak, and I will instruct you in what to say. Maybe you're here today and you're like, I don't know what to say. I don't know how to do this. I don't know what I'm supposed to say. I don't know what to do. The Lord says here, go. Just go. I will tell you what to say. I will empower your speech. In, in Acts chapter 1, when the command was given to go into all the world and, 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 and be able to share the gospel in Jerusalem, in Judea, and in Samaria, then the day of Pentecost came. When the day of Pentecost came, what was the first thing that the Holy Spirit took control of? What was the first thing the Holy Spirit took control of? Their tongue. And they started to speak in other tongues. The Holy Spirit came upon those people. They started to speak in other tongues. He took control of their tongue. God will take care of what to say as you yield your life to him, as you say, here am I, send me. Jesus came to your door and you left him out on the street. Friends, God will empower us. In Jeremiah chapter 1, God speaking to Jeremiah, and he said, The Lord replied, Don't say, I am too young, for you must go wherever I send you and say whatever I tell you. Don't say that I, you're too young. Replace that with whatever excuse you have. Don't say that I'm too old. 
Don't say that I'm too young. Don't say that I'm too busy. Don't say that I don't know how to share. Don't say whatever, whatever excuse you can think of, put it in there. And then God says, go, because I will be with you. Go, I will empower your tongue. Go, I am sending you. This is God's call upon our life. This is what God wants us to do. In, in, in verse 9, it says, Then the Lord reached out and touched my mouth and said, Look, I have put my words in your mouth. Friends, if we just yield and if we surrender and if we say, Lord, here am I, send me. What, is it, what does this look like for UAC? How about us that's here? You, you can help out with Toronto Alliance Church. Toronto Alliance Church is reaching a number of unreached people groups in the heart of Toronto the next outreach is on September 23rd when we're just packing some food, and that helps Toronto Alliance Church to be able to reach unreached people groups. Master's Pantry and Hampers of Hope helps, uh, Master's Pantry helps hundreds of people every month, and Hampers of Hope during Christmas time as well to reach people here. We, uh, Nancy was sharing with me how there's so many different people, people from Ukraine, people from other countries that have been coming, new immigrants that have been coming and getting help from Master's Pantry. And it's a way that through practical needs, we can bless them and also share the word of God with them. Through the Rise Support Center, you heard the announcement today that moms and tots are starting uh, on Friday. And this is an opportunity to reach out to, to young moms in our community. And maybe that's something that you might be able to help with. Our summer camps, as you, as you saw, we had so many children that, that came um, this past year. And even uh, uh, from one of the stories that was shared right at the beginning, after the first camp, that there was a young boy who, who was a Buddhist and how he came to know Jesus Christ. There's so many different uh, people groups all around the world that are right here in, in the greater Toronto area. And we're running Alpha. You would have gotten this invite uh, card that you can give to somebody to invite them to come to Alpha. Can I ask you to think about who you can invite and you come along as well with them, journey with them in, in, uh, through Alpha. On, on September 17th, when we have our barbecue Sunday, we're going to be showing a, a full Alpha video for people to have an experience of what Alpha is like because they'll have the barbecue afterwards. Normally you have the meal first and then the video. We're doing it the opposite way around. We're going to show a video and then we're going to have the barbecue afterwards but to experience what Alpha is like. Is there someone that you can invite to come out to that? In 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 18 to 20, it says, And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. He's given us this wonderful message. He's given you and me this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. Come back to God. I mentioned before that this Sunday we're, we're going to talk a little bit about what's called our missions cohort that we're starting, and we're going to talk a little bit about it in the fall season, and it's going to start in January. And I want to encourage you, if you want to explore what it might mean to live missionally at home and abroad, 
because we're going to be uh, doing some missions trips as well in this missions cohort, I want to encourage you to join that as well. Here's a, here's a story from one of our own young adults uh, who actually went to Peru. Five years ago, we did a mission trip uh, to Peru. I want you to hear her, uh, her story. And after that, I'm going to invite uh, Pastor Leonor and Pastor Allison to come up. Uh, and we're just going to talk a little bit about this missions cohort that we're going to be launching. So listen to Annie's story. Hi everyone, my name is Danny Cook and I was asked to share about my mission trip experience. I went with UAC to Peru around five years ago when I was 14 and at the time I really didn't know why I was being asked to go. I felt like I was too young to serve and too young to make an impact but I really felt like God was putting that on my heart that I should go so I just trusted him and I went. Um, we served along garbage up ministries, we served with women and children and it was really eye-opening and I met so many amazing people and saw many so many things that I just I had no idea about. I grew up in a long-term missions family and I knew a lot about that world and how that worked and how important that was but I didn't know much about short-term mission work and um, going to Peru really just taught me so much about that and how important it is and um, how much of an impact it not only makes on the people you're serving but also on um, the people who are serving. It was five years ago. I was 14. I'm 19 now. And I have always remembered what a difference it made in my life and how impactful it was, but I don't remember all of the details about it. And then I remembered that I spoke to UAC a couple months after we got back from Peru, and I found my testimony about that time. And I wanted to share a little part of it with you guys. So I um, was just telling the story about how when I was in Peru, I didn't feel like I was making a difference. And again, I was kind of questioning why I was asked to go. And then I saw a little group of girls playing volleyball and I joined in and I started helping them and more and more girls joined. And um, so this is what I said about that experience. As more and more girls joined, I thank God he had done it. He had shown me his love in a way I never would have imagined. See, God does that. He asked you to do something, and I, you have no idea what the purpose is. He asked me to go to Peru, even if I didn't know why. So that's my story. That's my testimony with the, my mission trip experience. It was so amazing, and um, I don't regret it at all. So thank you. All right, uh, Pastor Leonor and Pastor Allison. Uh, they're going to be helping to lead our missions cohort. So, uh, Pastor Leonor, can I just ask you, what's the purpose of this missions uh, cohort? Sure. So the purpose of this mission cohort is just to build capacity for missional living, uh, both here and abroad. And that will be done through um, uh, experiencing missions to learn together and to build a community with each other and also to build a vision of global vision, a global vision for what God is doing around the world. And Pastor Allison, what exactly are we going to be doing? Sure. So there's a few different things of what we're going to be doing um, for this missions cohort. The first thing is that we are going to be praying together, praying about missions, understanding what missions is, and understanding what God's heart for missions is. We're also going to be gathering together, hopefully on like a monthly basis, to be able to explore and study and understand a little bit more about God's heart and understand and fellowship as well with other believers who have that same vision. And last but not least, we will be as well going on, we're planning on three different short-term trips um, to be able to do within our time during our cohort. And we'll be engaging in different service projects and things like that here as well locally to be able to grow in our heart as well for missions. Awesome. So, okay, if I'm thinking about joining this cohort, Pastor Leonor, what's the commitment? What I, what I got to commit for this? Well, before I tell you, because you're going to go, ah, 
when I tell you how long it is, but I want to uh, rest assured that if you are thinking about this, the first step would be to come to the first meeting, which will all be outlined and to let you know uh, what, it, what it will entail. And the commitment is actually two years. Uh, we're hoping to meet once a month during those two years. And during that time, uh, a lot of growing, a lot of learning, a lot of praying, a lot of exploring, a lot of serving together, building up to one uh, large mission trip. And just to let you know that you might be thinking about this, you might be interested, but a little bit concerned, come out to that first one. For it is possible to be part of the cohort and not go on the big mission trip, but it's not possible to go on the big mission trip without being part of the cohort. And you'd be meeting once a month for the two years. All right, that sounds great. And Pastor Allison, what's the overall big goal of, of doing all of this? So there is our goal of individually being able to grow missionally and being able to grow and, and understanding as well the Great Commission ourselves and living that out, as well as doing that as well as a big church. But we're hoping as well that as we grow in our missions cohort and as we see what God is doing around the world and here locally, that we would grow in our understanding um, of what God is doing and how the Spirit of God is moving because there's so many different ways that the Spirit of God is moving. We want to be able to appreciate that and be able to praise God for that and see how we can be applying that in our own lives as well here in our local context. Awesome. Thanks so much, uh, Pastor Leonor and Pastor Allison. <laughs> and um, so the, the mission cohort is going to start in January, but we're going to be making some announcements throughout the fall season as well. So if you're thinking about joining that, uh, be in prayer about that. I'm going to invite Cheryl Rowe to come up as well. Cheryl um, went on a, on a missions trip as well, and she's going to share with us a little bit of of uh, her experience. So uh, Cheryl, can I ask you first of all, like what inspired you? How did you, how did God speak to you to, to go on, on a mission trip? Because there might be people here that you're thinking now, like what do I need to do locally and globally that God is calling me for? How did God speak to you? Well, it was, uh, it was a day where, or a time where missions wasn't really something that was on my mind. Don and I had spent two years overseas on mission in Portugal and Angola very early on in our marriage. And at the time, that was about 25 years earlier. And I never really felt the call to go again. However, one day, I'm just having lunch and reading an update on a Christian organization in Nepal. And I read through it, and I had this prayer. It was just a throwaway prayer, sort of like, Lord, how can I help these people? You know, can I give them money? What can I do? Well, I didn't think much further than that um, until I opened my email and I got an email from the lady who had given me this update and she was saying, they're taking a team to Nepal, um, would you like to go? Well, Lord, I didn't expect an answer to that prayer really and I hadn't even thought about going. So you're really gonna have to make it clear. So a few things happened how God spoke to me over the next about two weeks. I walked into a friend's place, and she had on her fridge, I'd been there before, but I'd never noticed it, and it said, God doesn't qualify, doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the called. 
Okay, that's pretty good because I didn't feel very qualified to go. And then the lady who was going was Ruth Coghill, and I was going with her, and she'd written some Bible studies, and they'd been translated into the Nepali language. So I started to read some of them, and, and in it she said, it's not about me and my limitations, but it's about God and his plans. Okay, so it's about God, not about me. Then I'm driving in the car one time listening to a, a CD, and Graham Cook is talking about Every time God asks you to do something, think about it as a green light. Go until the Lord makes it red. I thought, okay, you haven't made it red yet. And the last thing was, same day, I'm driving by a church, and it has these words on their sign. The Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Okay, I thought, all right, all right, all right. I'm still not 100% convinced. So I'm up early in the morning praying for a couple hours. Okay, God, okay, okay, okay. I get the picture. And he worked in these miraculous ways to speak to me about going. It took a while. But finally, after praying and listening, off I went. When things went well, I praised him for calling me to Nepal. And this was back in 2018. When things were challenging or difficult while I was there, I knew that he'd called me to go. So I had confidence that I, it, I was exactly where I was supposed to be. He would see me through, and he did. He did see me through. That's awesome. Thanks, Cheryl. And so God will use a number of different ways to share with you. All right, Cheryl, so when you went on this trip to Nepal, what was the most impactful thing or something that really touched you on this trip? Yeah, that's an interesting question. Um, and actually, when he first framed it, he said, how was I enriched by this experience? So I answered that that way because there were a lot of amazing things that happened while we were ministering in Nepal, things that only God could do and things that left us awestruck. But the way in which I was most enriched when was what I, what, what, is that I learned to trust God. And I heard this week, a definition of trust is, trust is the imprint left by experience. And John Mark Comer said, some of us don't have enough experience with God to trust him. And every call of God to go anywhere begins with the first step. So I had to trust him to go in 2018. Two years later, in 2020, I got invited to go again. And I, I sought an answer through prayer and reading his word. I came to realize that this time it wasn't about the call to go to Nepal. I saw and I heard the call, but about submitting to that call. It was an act of obedience. And I kept saying, but, 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 all this is going on. Somebody said, God will deal with the consequences of our obedience. And behind every act of obedience, there's the reality of an almighty God. So we experienced that very thing during this second trip to Nepal, as it took place just as the global pandemic was beginning in March of 2020. Hearing him was essential as we had to make decisions and ultimately came back four days early. God was faithful and he answered our prayers so we knew what to do. I also had to trust him this year. I was invited to go, the team is going in November of this year. Sometimes God says no. It's harder to hear that, but sometimes he says no. As I prayed and I read God's word, he spoke differently to me, and he said, not this time. Now, right now, I can see clearly why he said no, but initially I just had to have faith that I was hearing him rightly. And I've come to realize that God actually answers when we call him. He doesn't just confirm every good thing that lands on our plate. Sometimes he does say no. 
And for me, he most often speaks through my regular reading of his word. I read more expectantly now, and I believing that he will answer and make it clear enough for me to understand as I listen. As we learn in Alpha, God also speaks through common sense as we think things through, counsel from other believers, circumstantial signs, as I shared, and through waiting on him for answers. And he did all that for me. Now I have confidence that I can trust him with anything that's going on in my life. And that confident trust comes out of a call to experience short-term missions in Nepal. Because as I shared earlier, trust is the imprint left by experience. And that's what he did for me. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Cheryl, for sharing that. So Cheryl went to Nepal as part of the Global South as well. And Cheryl, we have a women's event coming up uh, mm -hmm. with someone that you know, that you partnered with as well from the Global South. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. Um, in October, on a Thursday evening, we're going to have a dessert night, and everyone is welcome to attend. And the update that I was reading was written by Shusma Adhikari. And Shusma is coming here to Canada for about 17 days, and she's speaking in various places. And she will share about, about how she is working with women, how she is working in um, communities to help people uh, grow financially through their mission called Anandit Aid to Nepal, or Anandit Charity Center is actually their mission, and Anandit means rejoice. And she is a wonderful speaker, and she will share these things about how God led her to see the empowerment that was needed, especially how women are treated in Nepal. But everyone is welcome to hear, for sure. So please come. Sponsored by Women's Ministry, but for everyone. Yes. All yeah, right. she's got lots to share. All right. Thanks so much, Cheryl, for, for sharing. The missions cohort is for all generations. If you're a youth, a young adult, adult, senior, wherever you might be, come and join us as we journey together. In Acts chapter 20 and verse 24, it says this, but my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it to for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus, the work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. Paul said my life is worth nothing unless I finish that work. Friends, this is the work that God has called each and every one of us to do. What is that? To tell others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. We can have the best job in the world. We can have the most success in our, in our career. We can have the most money that we desire to have. But the greatest calling that God gives to all of us, the greatest purpose that we can have, is to make disciples and to tell others about the wonderful news of Jesus Christ. We're going to take some time to, to reflect on what Jesus has done for us because that's the reason why we go. That's the reason why we make disciples is because of Jesus' sacrifice for us. And when you came in, you would have received some communion elements. And I'll ask the ushers if, if anyone else, if you haven't received it, um, the ushers will give you, will give you some. But we're just going to take a moment now just to reflect on the sacrifice of Jesus. It's because of this sacrifice that we have a command to go forth. It's because of this sacrifice that we want to share the good news with each and every person that we come into contact with, both locally and, and globally as well.
So as we prepare our hearts today to partake of the Lord's table,